Hey, St. Paul, welcome to our next episode on our study of the Holy Spirit. Specifically, it is the sustaining and maintaining power of the Holy Spirit in our lives today. I'm joined with Emily Trotter, and thank you for being with us, Emily. Always. Always, yes. And Emily, you have uh, the opportunity to introduce our guest today. Yes, so excited. Here again is somebody that I'm actually friends with and who is actually sitting with us. Um, And it is my friend, Carrie Strickland. Hello, Carrie. Hello, everyone. Thank y'all for having me today. I'm so excited that you came. Um, Just a little bit about my relationship with Carrie. I met her two years ago and a friend of mine kept inviting me to these things called Lunch and Learns at this uh, little school called Truth Spring Academy. And I had put off going and I didn't go. And finally, I was like, I can make it. I'm making it on this one. I'm going. And really, really and truly, my life has been changed ever since. Carrie and her husband, Rob, uh, serve at the Highland Community Church uh, in the Highland, the North Highland Community of Columbus. Their mission and their obedience to the call that the Lord has given them is just awe-inspiring and so uplifting and really encouraging to hear. So we invited Carrie to come talk with us today because Carrie is one of the, my whole friendship with her has been blessed and led by the Holy Spirit. She's about the only person besides John that I could say, do you know what Andrew Murray said in experiencing the Holy Spirit? Do you know who he is? Do you believe this? Uh, She's one of my only friends that can get excited about that. That kind about of Andrew Murray. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> that literature is, is relevant to us. <laughs> um, but um, so we wanted her to share, you know, her journey and her. She has a beautiful testimony. I mean, only rivaled by her husband's and um, which I have just heard recently, Carrie. I mean, I've heard you and every time I hear it, I cry. So at some point today, I'm sure I'll shed a tear. Um <laughs> Because, we'll get robbed next time. Yes, uh, absolutely. Toilet and to the pulpit, just to give you a little heads up yeah, for where we go with this. Toilet to the pulpit. There's a little um, little tidbit to get you interested. Uh, <laughs> He's going to be so mad. Yeah, it's a little teaser like, Carrie, right there. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> but, um, you know, Carrie and Rob both speak with such authority. And when they speak, especially when they are quoting scripture and telling you what the Lord has promised them and what he has shown them in his word, um, you know that it's true. You know that everything that comes from them is God-inspired and, and truth. And um, obviously, I'm, I'm real big fans of theirs. <laughs> I mean, I kind of fangirl when I'm with them. <laughs> when they're like, hey, Emily, we're so glad to see you. I'm like, oh, my gosh, really? Um, but, you know, Carrie, Rob especially kind of does that to everybody. So I have to take it with a little, with a grain of salt. <laughs> Carrie, I really do feel like she loves me. That's right. When I say it, I mean it. I don't say it to everyone. That's right. Well, so, Carrie, tell us, tell everybody how you ended up at the at Highland Community Church. Yes. Yeah, so um, if you do not know where the North Highland neighborhood is in Columbus, Georgia, you are in good company because <laughs> I grew up in Columbus, Georgia, and I did not even know that this community existed until I was an adult. And so uh, as Rob and I were dating, um, this was early 2000s, he was already volunteering at this very small church called Highland Community Church in this um, very um, drug-infested, poverty-filled you know, community. And so I just started going with him. And so as our dating um, progressed and we led into marriage at that point, there was a pastor who was there at the time, and that pastor said that he was moving on to something else. And so um, at that point, honestly, Rob and I were both kind of celebrating, like, oh, good, this is our out. <laughs> yeah. What are we doing here anyways right. in this neighborhood? You know, we grew up like how most of the people that we knew grew up in a middle class, um, everyday type of family, you know, life where... 
um, poverty and addiction, it was not a regular part of our DNA. Right. And so we felt so very, very out of place every time that we were at Highland Community Church. And yet at the same time, while we were feeling so out of place, we felt so compelled to be there at the same time. And so when the pastor said that he was stepping down, you know, in and of ourselves, we were relieved because we were like, good, this place that causes us to feel so uncomfortable and yet so compelled, we can kind of write it out of our lives now. The You've pastor's leaving. That's right. Yeah. You know, the, it wasn't growing at that time. There were very few people who were there. There were just wasn't any reason for us to stay. And so we kind of said, okay, what is our next step? And so we um, we're just kind of dialoguing one day and Rob came home. He was a Muskogee County school teacher at the time and he came home and he said, well, I actually believe that the Lord wants me to become the pastor of Highland Community Church. And that conversation did not really set well <laughs> in our house that evening, <laughs> mainly because I was like, what? We've never, ever discussed full-time ministry in our dating life. It just wasn't ever come up. He was on the teacher track, and I kind of was on an exercise science, personal trainer track, and we it just never crossed our minds to even think about full-time ministry, especially in this type of way. And so that was a bit of a shocking conversation. And then probably about a week later, he came back and said, so not only do I feel like the Lord wants me to pastor this church, I also feel like the Lord is calling our family to move into the neighborhood where the church is. Wow. And that conversation really <laughs> did not go over well in the Strickland household. So um, long story short, there is that was um, during the summer. And so I just asked him, I said, I just need a summer to just pray through this. Um, if we're going to make this type of decision, it's not that I don't trust your lead. It's not that I don't trust what the Lord is doing and working in you, but I personally need to hear from the Holy Spirit. This is not, this is not the type of thing that you do unless you are certain that this is what the Lord is calling you to. And so I just said, please just give me the summer to pray. And so he did just that. And um, I remember just being at my dining room table because at that point we lived in a loft apartment um, that was kind of close to North Highland. Those were the first loft apartments. We thought we were so cool. Yeah, you were hip. I know. We were living, <laughs> and, and we weren't. Um, and so I just remember um, sitting at our dining room table, and I was reading through a study on Genesis and Exodus and um, talking about the Israelites going into the promised land and just sitting there at the table, and the Lord just so in my spirit, you know, as he speaks so often, as the Holy Spirit does, just say, Carrie, do you believe me? And I remember thinking, well, this is not a fair question. You know, yeah. you can't really say to the Holy Spirit, <laughs> no, you know, but at the same time, I knew that if I answered yes to that question, that there would be a follow-up question that I wasn't really prepared to accept what was about to happen. Wow. And so I just remember thinking, okay, um, yes, yes, I, I do believe you. And then right after that, I mean, and I can say it so clearly because it, every time I relay this story, it is as if I'm sitting at the table and it's happening all over again. And just in my spirit, the Holy Spirit said, you do not have to obey me on this command to move into this community. I will always love you. I will always have relationship with you. You can grow as we continue, but if you do not obey me, you will never know true joy and true satisfaction wow. in your life. And so at that point, I had walked with the Lord long enough to know that when he says something, he intends to fulfill it. Wow. And so um, sitting at my dining room table that day, I just sobbed while at the same time completely surrendered to the dreams and the desires and the hopes that I had had set for my life. And I let them go and chose to just be obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit in that moment. And so that's how we ended up at Highland Community Church in 2005. And I'm already crying. <laughs> <laughs> and I've heard that story before. <laughs> but it's something that you just said, because um, I was sitting here thinking, you know, you grew up in the church. I mean, your dad was right. a pastor, right? Right. And 
you know, you knew the Holy Spirit and you knew all the right answers. Right. And the obedience still, the the time where you question and you go, I don't, oh, even though you knew the answer. That's right. And how normal and okay it is for people to go, oh, I know what the right answer is, but I don't want that to be the exactly. right answer. That's right. <laughs> and just to see you um, still saying that, even though I know 2020 has been awful. Right. <laughs> awful for you. <laughs> Awful, awful, awful. It has not been the best. <laughs> not a great year for anyone, but I know you've had a hard time and, you know, recently. And I just, just to see you and to hear your words and how encouraging they are and just to know that, hey, it's okay. Right. And that how comforting it is that the Lord said to you that I want you to obey, but if you don't, I still love you. That's right. But you're going to be missing out. Right. It doesn't change my relationship with you. Right. But there is a an eternal joy and a, a satisfaction that comes from obedience and comes from obedience alone. Yeah. And so if you want to have that, if you want to have that sense of completion, then there is a sacrifice that is required for that. And right. obedience is that sacrifice that produces that. Well, and we've been talking a lot about dying to self and our lives being, you know, Romans 12, 1, that living sacrifice every day and what it means to our bodies being that temple right. and what we do as the the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And I've and I have mentioned you anybody that has listened to I don't know any of these podcasts. I talk about you all the time. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> no, but you and the lunch and learn that I heard when you were talking about Philippians and how Jesus humbled himself and died on the cross and and what that means and what you guys how you tell that part of the That's story. Right. Well, and oftentimes in our mind, we think that that initial submission, okay, we've passed the test. Now it's just going to, yeah. it's just going to get better from here. And it really in my mind, that's what I thought. I thought, okay, I've chosen to obey. He's promised me a joy and the satisfaction that comes with that. So I was thinking the moment we move into North Highland, into this neighborhood that I am totally a hundred percent unprepared for and in all of my flesh, don't want to be the obedient to, but because I'm being obedient, when we move in there, it's just going to be a party. You know, <laughs> I was like, it's going to be it's gonna nothing be but the best. Change coming overnight. Out. Right. Yes. I, I honestly did think that that would be the process. And so when we moved in to the neighborhood and it actually became the reverse, I've never been through a season that I knew so much heaviness and so much fear, so much anxiety, so much depression. And I am not a typically imbalanced person. I feel like I'm pretty steady. And so for that type of season to overwhelm me was, I did not know what to do with that. And so I became very confused and and honestly, just very angry with the Lord. I thought that you said this, you promised me, and not only am I not having joy, but now I cannot even sense your presence. What in the world is happening? And so that went on for several months. And finally, Rob um, just came one day and he was so he was so great in the middle of all this. You know, even though he had a better sense of where the Lord was leading our family, he never forced that or pushed that on me. He just came and said, Carrie, if you want to go, we can leave tomorrow and we can be out. But he said, but just give me a season of just praying Philippians 2 over our marriage and over our lives. And so I remember the first day that he prayed, it was actually Christmas Day. And um, we sat on our little red couch. We had just had our first son, Noah. Um, and so I was a new mom and I had just the earlier that morning, you know, you think Christmas, new baby, newly married, we really were. Um, you think this should be the happiest moment of your life. And I just remember pulling back the curtains and looking out at the street where we were and just beginning to sob and just thinking, I don't, I don't understand how my life took this turn. I thought that I've done all the things that I needed to do to have happiness and to have contentment. And I am miserable. 
And so that day he said, let me pray this over. So we sat on our little red couch in this house in a very um, broken season of our life. And he just started reading Philippians 2. And so he would read a portion of it and then we would just pray it over ourselves. And so how it would go was um, he would say, um, do nothing, Strickland family, out of selfishness or empty vain conceit. But with humility of mind, consider the needs of the people of North Highland as more important than your own. And so he would read that, and then we would pray, Lord, that is not in us. And we readily admit that that heart desire, that mind desire, that is not currently in us. But we are asking you to shape that in us. And so he would pray that, and then we would go to the next portion of it. You know, it talked about and put this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, that though he was in the very form and nature of God, he did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped, something to be held onto. And I remember sitting there that day and that part just jumping off the page because I thought, here I am sitting here and here Christ is saying, hey, I was actually equal with God. We were the same. Yeah. And yet, he was requiring me to give of myself in a, such a way that was requiring me to humble myself to the point of death. And he said, I did not hold on to that. I didn't hold on to that right. And I just remember sitting there thinking that that day of, as a believer, the moment you come into relationship with Jesus Christ, that you, in essence, give up your rights. Yeah. You give them up. I gave up my right to choose the house that I lived in. I gave up the right to choose the neighborhood that I lived in. Now, my flesh did not want to agree with that. My Everything about me did not want to agree with that. But that's what that passage is saying, is put this mind that is in you that is also in Christ. In other words, give up your rights. That's what it means to really walk with me. And so we just began to pray that. And then it would set the very next line is that, that he humbled himself even to the point of death. And I just remember thinking, this is a season of death for us, that he is putting to death every dream, every desire, every hope that I had ever planned and thought for my life. And that's a very, very painful process yeah. when he is taking what you thought were good dreams and good hopes, nothing wrong at all with them. But he's saying those are yours and they're not mine. And therefore, I'm going to have to put them to death in this season of your life. And then the very next part is the promise, right? So he says that Christ humbled himself even to the point of death, but then that God highly exalted him as a result and gave him a name above every other name. And we knew that if our life was ever meant to be put on display where Christ could really highly exalt himself in us and through the ministry that he was calling us to that that was requiring all of us to be put to death so that he could then raise up in us his dreams his desires his wishes his plans for our life that he might be highly exalted in what was to come and at that point we had no idea i mean we were at a church that had four people in it in a neighborhood that was dying and going nowhere we had no vision no plan for it and yet he's saying but i have the vision i have the plan for it and in order to fulfill that you have to die you have to get out of the way so that I can raise myself up in you for what I have planned for you. And so um, that was really what we did for about the first two, three, four years of living in that community. We, is, we just learned to die to ourselves and to live through the power of the Holy Spirit to have Philippians 2 just shaped into the very essence of who we were. So the big picture here is that on that moment when the Holy Spirit at your kitchen table said, do you trust me? Do you trust me? When you said ultimately, yes, everything wasn't a bed of roses. Right. It was actually the opposite of that, but not, I didn't see that coming. Right. You know, I, I didn't expect that. I thought it was just an even exchange. Right. And that's, and that's, I think what, um, so often goes counterintuitive to the kingdom of God being at hand. Dallas Willard writes in the divine conspiracy that, you know, we all have kingdoms. We all have areas of influence. 
And the problem is, is that when we allow our area of influence to usurp God's kingdom um, and to thwart it, and, um, and so many Christians live in this defeat, they would be okay or they would rather to live in uncomfortableness or in the possibility uh, than to embrace that the Holy Spirit is actually using and present and That's working right. in their lives right now. I mean, I mean, could you imagine not only in North Highland, but all of Columbus, if those who are the children of God embrace this? That's right. I mean, what could be different? I mean, just, I mean, just imagine <laughs> that what God could do with those who are willing to set aside their own kingdom. And, and there's other people that say, oh, that's for the real spiritual the spiritual giants and it's easy for those of us even myself to find myself living into the shadow of the spiritual giant in my That's life right. and well, I could never do that but as you look back today over those years since then and what God had been doing in yours and Rob's life even before that kitchen table moment there is no doubt that in the rearview mirror that the fingerprints of God have been all over your life that's absolutely true. And just shaping us, getting us ready for that season, you know, of of being led into that. He had already shaped our hearts, giving us a desire to work with the poor, giving us a desire. But now we were saying we are not controlling that anymore. Up to right. this point, it was like a mission trip here and there or a summer during college that we would give up. And so we were still in control of what the Lord had formed in us. But now we're saying you formed that in us, but now we're giving up all control to the time frame of how that looks, of to the way that that looks in our life. That is amazing. And there is, you know, people can push against theology and God and the validity of scripture and they'll poke holes in so many different things. But the thing that they can never poke holes in, if they're honest with themselves, is when God moved in their lives. And that's the testimony we have. That's, that's right. what we give. People will argue. They love to argue. I do too. I mean, I love to argue. I like, I, I enjoy apologetics and defense of my faith and stuff like that. But, but really when it all boils down to that, I gravitate, embrace, lean into those things that God is, is doing all around me, through me, in me. And those are life changing. That's right. So since that time and in, in uh, North Highland community, not only have you all been working in the church, but give us a little awareness of what's happening in North Highland through God moving in that neighborhood. Yes. Yeah, so I am happy to say that the Holy Spirit truly did fulfill that, that, you know, after those first few years of just working through Philippians 2, that at the point that we finally did completely die to self and allow him to have his way, there has been a, I cannot even really explain to you the joy that we have in doing what we do. And this is not easy work. It's not something that seems rewarding often. You don't see a lot of the results. You don't always see a lot of the fruit. But the Holy Spirit has just put such a sustaining joy inside of us that we are not looking for the grass that is greener somewhere else. We truly have found our promised land, the place where the Spirit of the Lord is just overflowed in our lives. And so after that difficult season, we really moved into a season of just knowing a lot of vision for what the Lord was calling us to. I always tell people that there's just this power that comes from obedience that we do not know exists because oftentimes we don't obey because <laughs> yeah. the obedience is so hard to get to that point. Right. But right. when you obey, there is a power that comes from that. And one of the things that happens in that power is that the Lord gives you vision to see the things that you could not have seen on your own. And so after we were there for several years, we realized that the church um, had really started gaining some momentum in the neighborhood. Our desire is always that it be a community church. We know that the Lord has called us to give the gospel to the poor. So we were not going into this church thinking, how can we make it the next best hip 
thing or how yeah. can we get middle class families to move into this low income it it was not that at all we knew that the lord had us there to minister to the poor and so what but and, and that was happening people from all over the neighborhood were walking to the church and we were seeing the lord really transform lives in in, um, in miraculous ways but the church at the same time was still very small and when you um you know when you're pulling from a neighborhood you don't have a lot of resources and so there were so many needs that were in the community that we were seeing day in and day out and we were honestly just feeling overwhelmed at the church of how how do we meet these very everyday practical needs but still be a church and not sink ourselves and so the church leadership decided at that point why don't we start a nonprofit? Um, that nonprofit would be called True Spring. And so then you have two lanes that are running simultaneously. You have Highland Community Church, and their mission is give the gospel to the poor and then disciple people. So after they come to the, know the Lord, we walk with them, we talk with them, we do life with them every day. And then the other part was now True Spring. So we have this community development nonprofit that we're starting, and its lane is give the gospel to the poor. But then the next part of it is, and then we develop the neighborhood. So you've got a church who is giving the gospel and discipling, and then you have a nonprofit who is giving the gospel and developing. And so that's how really these two groups were formed and fashioned for the North Highland neighborhood. And you also, there's a school there. There is. So True Spring, um, everything that we do, what we <laughs> what we learned Um, in our early years of being there is to stop thinking that we had all the right answers because initially when you move into a neighborhood like that and you're not from a low-income neighborhood, you think that because you have had resources or because you come from a different style of background that you think you know all the answers to all the problems. And you're like, we should just do this, this, and that. And that will fix everything. And then you get in there and you're like, oh, (laughs) <laughs> they don't care about grass. Right. And I have stories about that specifically that we do not have time to go into today. So we really began to realize that we did not have all the right answers, but we had learned to start asking the right questions. And so the the very crux of Highland and True Spring is that everything that we do is based on listen to the neighborhood. Just ask them and then listen to them. And so what True Spring started to do at the very beginning was we would hold community gatherings where we would just have hot dogs and chili and and bring the neighborhood in. And we said to them, what is it that you want True Spring to be about? We have this community development group. We're ready to do something to develop this neighborhood. What do you want us to do first? And out of that meeting that day, the neighborhood said, please do something for our children and please do something about the housing conditions in this neighborhood. And so that's where that came from. Rob was already in education, like I mentioned earlier. Right. He was a special ed teacher in Muskogee County for 18 years, had a great run. We love his time in Muskogee County. And so when we realized that the neighborhood was saying, do something for our children, um, we realized that we could really take his degree of working with kids who had emotional and behavior disorders and we could really maximize his skill set in that way. And so that's what we did. We started a school called True Spring Academy. And it is for children who we call the one. You know, the parable where Christ says, there's 99 here, but I want yeah. you to go after that one. Well, North Highland is filled with a lot of children who are ones. And so for various reasons, they were born into the world with every hand against them. And so we have seemed to find those children, and the Lord has said, I want you to go after them, and I want the church to build the family around them and support them and develop them. And so we have a kindergarten through fifth grade school for children who live in that neighborhood called True Spring Academy. What's amazing is is that um, moving into the community probably gave you some credibility. Right. Oh, definitely. Yes. Always having to drive in, commute in. Oh, yeah. We would have never. I mean, honestly, the reason we knew when the neighborhood said do something for the children, if we did not live there, we would not have known what they meant by that. But we were living there and we knew exactly what they meant because 
there were there were these specific boys who were in the neighborhood. They had found the Strickland house. We also have three boys. We have what you call a trampoline in our backyard. <laughs> and soon every child in North Highland realized. And icy pops. Yes. <laughs> the otter pops. The popsicles. We've learned to go with a cheap brand of those because we give out so many. But they realized that. So they, they found our house. They found this trampoline. And they started coming there. Well, what we realized was these kids were showing up at our house at 9 o'clock in the morning. 11 o'clock in the, you know, 2 o'clock. And we were like, shouldn't you be at school? Why are you at our backyard asking to jump on our trampoline? And they would tell us, oh, I'm not going to school anymore. And these are elementary age children. And then they would say things like, well, I've dropped out of school. I don't go to school anymore. And so the more that we pursued them to find out what was happening, we realized that it was true. They really had dropped out of school, many of them, before they ever made it to middle school. And so when the neighborhood said, do something for our children, we knew exactly what they meant, that there was a crisis happening in this community, that there is a major disconnect between families and the educational system. And if someone, we thought and we believe it should be the church, if someone did not intervene in the lives of these children, then they would fall through the cracks of society and no one would ever know. And so... We had a little boy, one of those little boys that came to our house one day, and he knocked on the front door, and we answered, and we were like, oh, his name, his nickname was Tank. We said, Tank, it's been so long since we've seen you. Where have you been? And he said, oh, well, I got in trouble, and I had to go to YDC, and now I'm getting out of YDC. That's the Youth Detention Center. He said, now I'm getting out of there, and they're sending me to the alternative school. Well, he's just a little guy, and so Rob, because of his background in education and specifically with kids with behavior disorders, he knew what the alternative school was like, and so he just said to him, Tank, aren't you worried? Are you scared about having to go to the alternative school? And he just looked right at us, and he said, why would I be scared? Everybody I know is already there. And so in that moment, you know, we just kind of talked to him a little bit longer, but we closed the door, and in our four foyer of our house that day we both said to one another there has to be an alternative to the alternative school and that's where true spring academy but we would never have had those interactions with those children had we not lived there we would not have known what the neighbors were saying when they said please do something for our children had we not been there so absolutely it was imperative and the lord knew that all those years ago he knew that for us to see the things that he saw for us to be able to have a heart that was broken over the things that were breaking his heart, that we were going to have to be there to, to experience that. Unexpected encounters. Definitely. <laughs> I've had a lot of those. <laughs> a whole lot of those. We do not have time for all of that right now. <laughs> that is absolutely amazing. Um, and we were talking earlier about uh, how through the interruptions of life, um, sometimes those interruptions is actually God. That's right. And how quickly, I mean, even the first step of stepping into this unknown for most folks when it comes to the Holy Spirit and kind of standoffish and defensive against it and is, is to at least uh, embrace the idea of, of stepping towards the uh, interruptions or looking for those glimpses of grace all around because God is using, moving, empowering, filling people all around us. And he's constantly asking us the same questions. Do you trust me? Right. Do you trust me? Absolutely. It's interesting when y'all, I mean, you have a lot of people that come and listen to your Lunch and Learn and come and learn more about what you're doing. And when I came, you know, I was immediately drawn in. And, and I imagine that you have a lot of people that come and are interested and then they're really surprised at what's required and what the neighborhood actually needs. Right. And um, I remember you saying that seeking shalom that I read with you mm-hmm. and listening to the what the spokes on the wheel are and how we see, yeah, oh, there's a child with no shoes on. Right. Let me, let's go get him a pair of shoes. And you take somebody a pair of shoes or a book bag or whatever it might be, and they're, Oh, thanks. <laughs> right. 
and you're like, that's least. not the reaction I thought. Yeah, no, <laughs> because that you end up realizing what I learned from this video in that book was that's the least of their worries. That's right. That's the least of their worries. And so how do you... You really have to require a lot of the Holy Spirit. That's right. Well, and <laughs> to you have to find people. That's right. You have to find that balance of it is very important that you meet practical needs. And that is a lot of what True Spring does. We focus on education, we focus on housing. We're about to start focusing on work and getting chronically unemployed people working again. You have to focus on those things because that is what is caused to make a a person flourish in their life, right? Right. So you can't neglect them, but you also have to go after the heart of the person at the same time. Yeah, And that is the part that requires day-to-day intentionality. I could be at True Spring Academy from seven to two every day and go home and have given that child a great education. But if I have not given them Christ, I have not really given them anything. Yeah, And so, you know, that's the part I think that people may struggle with sometimes. Yeah. It is important that they have, we do not want to neglect giving them those things. But at the same time, it's the day-to-day front porch interaction, middle of the night interaction with people that gives them the opportunity to have a heart change. And so, and that's really, that's really that spoke of the will that we were talking about at Seeking Shalom is why we think that the church has to be at the center of, this is why we call believers to True Spring and to Highland Community Church. We we say, we know it's going to require more than what Rob and I can do at this point. We are, we are past what two people can do, but who we're calling to the table is we're calling the body of Christ to the table. Right. And the reason for that is in scripture, when Christ is talking to Peter, what does he say to him? He says, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say the gates of hell will not prevail against your nonprofit. Yeah. And so I think sometimes we forget that the church has been given a power, which is the Holy Spirit, to go in to these broken, desolate, waste places in our own life and in the lives of those that we encounter. And he says, I have given you an empowerment to go and bring life there. Right. But that comes, that is through believers. That is through the body of Christ, you know. So that's why we always say at the center of that wheel, at the center of everything that we're doing in North Highland is the church. Because the church is the one who Christ has given a special empowerment to, to go into those areas and cause them to flourish. That's powerful. Yeah. With great, what is it that Spider-Man says? With great power comes great responsibility. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Spider-Man thinks he's got power. (laughs) (laughs) There's, we got, we got you beat, Spider-Man. Um But gosh, here again, what could you do if the church in and of itself being moved and led by the Holy Spirit showed up every day? And and wow. really, we're seeing that, honestly. You know, we're at, we're at year 15, so this is 2020. We moved in in 2005. There wasn't a soul on the planet, I promise you, that knew that Highland Community Church existed. Obviously, True Spring was not in existence at that point. We have seen the Lord do a work in the body of Christ through through what we're doing over there in this neighborhood, that it truly is awakening people to, oh, there is more going on. There is more in my life. There is more that is happening here. And the Holy Spirit is just waking people up. And and that's been one of the most shocking and exciting things to participate in all of this that I never saw coming was the opportunity to engage with so many different churches with so many different denominations, it's it's been awesome. I mean, it really is like this common ground where every believer can come and we can be about something about the kingdom, right? Because right. Christ gave that command to everybody. He said, you need to be about the poor. You need to be about the the child, the one who, the orphan, you know? So that's something that we can all link arms around and get involved in and so we've really watched that happen it's been so exciting to see that 
On St. Paul, people, if you're listening, just be on the lookout for some news that you'll start hearing about during Advent of how St. Paul is going to join together and link arms with um, the Stricklands and the Highland Community Church. Um, as Carrie mentioned, they're, they're starting a workforce January 2021. That the whole, I mean, here's a, here again, I mean, how long do you want this episode to be, John? <laughs> we can just, He's looking at his watch like, okay. <laughs> I mean, the, the whole idea of the workforce and what's gone in and the, the way that the Lord has provided and lined up and to see that the people that he has brought and how all of that has worked. Um but it, with that comes a need of childcare, right. and so St. Paul is going to join um, and, and join with Highland Church and, and the workforce to try and uh, meet some of that need. So St. Paul folks, be on the lookout. Right. There'll be some information coming shortly centered around the idea of raising upwards of $40,000 to help renovate a piece of property for uh, a daycare That's while right. people... Uh, parents and family members and guardians are able to go and do uh, training and work, right? That's right, yes. That will be happening in the neighborhood at our very last community meeting, just to kind of put a quick summary around it. Back to, we do nothing unless the community tells us to do it. And so at in 2018, we brought everybody back together again and said, okay, Highland neighborhood, we think True Spring can take on one more thing. What do you want that one more thing to be? And in that room, it was a unanimous, we want to work, but we have so many things that are preventing us from work. Please help us. And so one of those major barriers is child care. And so now True Spring has written this I mean, I'm just so excited about this, what we're about to launch in 2021. It's a it's called Truth Spring Trade School. We're going to give everybody the ability to be trained in a specific trade and then have the opportunity to develop and work on that trade right there in the neighborhood. But we probably have about four or five moms who have signed up. They want to work, but they will not be able to participate and work in this program if we do not have child care for them. There is no option for child care in the North Highland neighborhood. And it is a very big neighborhood. I don't know if a lot of people realize that. But not one single center, not one single in-home daycare is offered in that community. So if you are a mom and you happen to have kids four or under, Work is not even an option for you. And so we're hoping to kind of knock out two, you know, two for one. So we're giving people the option to work while we're also providing a safe, wonderful place for their toddlers and their babies to be cared for at the same time. So St. Paul, I am really excited and basically begging you to <laughs> be part of this. I Me mean, too, and I I'm am not start, afraid to beg. And so. Carrie may not pick up the phone and call you all, but I might. And, um, and those, I feel pretty strongly about this. Uh, right. Okay. <laughs> and those even not a part of St. Paul, feel free to uh, give to this uh, wonderful uh, ministry and opportunity. Yes, we absolutely. will link all of their websites in. Okay, um, great. Our in, show notes. in our show notes, so you can go to Hope for highland.org or truthspring.org.org mm-hmm. org as well um and do and do that it's it's fun because you because you're at the you're bursting at the gills at the school yes i mean covid has almost been kind of a blessing because now you can rotate days right <laughs> that's right we're like we have nowhere else to put children what are we going to do and then covid hit and we're like well well good good we can only bring half of you in so we're going to rotate so yes it's been so, a blessing in disguise yes that's had some blessings involved with that and, and they're bursting at the gills and they have a building campaign going on as well um you what halfway we are they're halfway yes. to build their new school where it is going to have everything yes i mean so when you think about it neighborhood like North Highland what some people don't realize is that you need a place that's like a refuge you know you need a place that is safe and uh, it just provides a place for children and families to come and and be poured into and so that's really what we're creating it's so much more than a school we will have the school operating out of this we will have the church operating but really it's going to be a community center it's just going to be a refuge a gathering place for that community to say you are safe here we're going to pour into you and this is the place where you come if you want to flourish in your life yeah this is where you come for that and so 
we are just so excited about where the possibilities of this new facility coming down the road. And the new facility includes like an actual ELC. That's right. Where you will add a grade because Truth Spring Academy has added when they started. When did the school start? 2015. So 2015, the school started and they've added a grade every year. That's right. So they're up to fifth grade. They've maxed out there. That's right. <laughs> they're, they're leaving Muskogee County to deal with middle school. Good luck <laughs> with that. And then, um, so the hope is for the ELC to get started when this new building is, you're kind of starting now, hopefully with, right. with the child care for the workforce, but eventually there will be an ELC, an early learning center in this new building, correct? That is correct. And then you'll add a year working backwards. You'll add 4K, then threes, then twos, then that's right. So Toddlers, forth and so infants. on. And yes, infants. and that also came from just asking the neighborhood: Do you want us to go to middle school, or do you want us to go down? And the community said, as much as we would love a middle school, the need is really for our littles. Yeah, we we cannot move forward as families if we don't have this taken care of. And so if we don't have a place for our babies and toddlers to go so that we can work. And so that's where we said, okay, well, we'll start an early learning center for the neighborhood and and give your babies a place to go. Wow. So NeighborWorks has come in and they've bought some houses and properties that they're redoing. That's right. On what third third and fourth fourth or avenue. mostly fourth, fourth avenue mm-hmm. so they're on fourth avenue fifth avenue is where we are where you are and yes. where the church is mm-hmm. um and then sixth avenue of course is directly behind y'all from personal experience it's a little yucky back there <laughs> <laughs> that's a kind way of saying that <laughs> um yeah it's a little yucky back there so um mayor henderson if you're listening um <laughs> Carrie and I would really like to meet with you. Um, but, um, yeah, so 6th Avenue needs some work. So we're hoping, but we hope that that's going to be... Where we place the ELC. Yes, so yes. that'll be addressed. So wherever you're listening from, whether it be Columbus, Georgia, or I don't know. South America, South America Ireland, India, Germany, India, Italy. Philippines. We um, have listeners all over right now. Emily and Jim have uh they do more than just talk about this um they have invested in the community also and you've heard on previous podcasts her and jim's journey of unknown anxiety and um anticipation and trusting of the holy spirit and waiting you know i think it was episode three four and five where we talked about you know willing to wait yeah and that was all centered centered around that idea um carrie i I would ask you for for those people who are he- listening, no matter when or where they are, um, I truly believe that the gospel that we preach cannot just be a gospel that's received in our local church. It has to be, if it's heard anywhere in the world, needs to be the same gospel as powerful. Um, what would you say to people who are a little apprehensive of responding to the Holy Spirit's call, nudging in their own life to obey? That is a, that's a difficult question because it comes with so much attached to it. But I can say from personal experience that when you know that the Holy Spirit is leading you to do something, that he empowers you, number one, to obey. And so it's not something that you have to force or make happen It is just simply a matter of surrendering, and he empowers you to do the things that he is calling you to do. And then, as we talked about earlier, the joy and the satisfaction and the fulfillment that you will have in life from following what the Holy Spirit has led you to do and from obeying that cannot be explained. It it cannot be explained. And, you know, we've been doing this for 15 years, and I there's not a way that I can control what the outcome will be. I can't tell you that in 10 years or in 15 years, this neighborhood, everyone, you know, if I could, I want everyone to know the Lord and I'd want every family to be flourishing there, but I cannot control that. But how the Lord has been so personal and so intimate with us over these 15 years has made every step of it worth it. And that's what I can give you. That's what I can guarantee you. There will be a level of intimacy that you will have. There will be a level of understanding and knowing the Lord's heart and a scripture that will literally, God's word will come alive to you 
as you start to obey and start to submit and start to follow the Holy Spirit that you will no longer be able to look at Christianity and think, this is just something I do. This is just something that is part of my life. No, it will become your life. Amen. And so and that's what and, I can offer. And that's and there's nothing about what you just said that Jesus hasn't said and that we see so deeply woven in the gospel message. I truly believe that the only thing God purposefully and willingly surrenders his control over is the human heart. And and really what the Holy Spirit asks us to do is do what we can only do because of his willingness to let us control our own hearts and our own aspiration is to give those up. And then when we give them up and we are invited into this, even no matter how much apprehension we have, how many questions, what what, what would this mean to a future family? What will this mean to next week or my job? And and we embrace what the Holy Spirit is inviting us to do in, in surrendering. God shows that he is capable, willing, and in deliberate in his work through us. There's people in my life that I go and I say, man, their walk with God is amazing. It is phenomenal. And you, you start to gravitate towards that. It's a like John Wesley this ember that's burning people just come and watch me burn and 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 that's what happens your faithfulness your trials tribulations the valley of dry bones that you have seen life in man god reminded me of uh, she that reminded me of what of when you said something about you know the Holy Spirit, where you can say yes or no. And it reminded me of us talking last week about, uh, or whenever it was. Uh, last is, week, yeah. Ezekiel. Um, Ezekiel, do you see these? <laughs> when God says, do you see these dry bones? Do you think they can live again? Do you, God? <laughs> yeah, I know. I love that part. I don't know. You tell me. Do you? <laughs> I, got to just, just, yep. I meant to say that. Thank you, John. Yeah. I was like, that just reminded me. of. <laughs> yeah, but God brings us to these yeah. points where I'm sure and certain that you and Rob were brought to, and he does this, he invites Christians no matter where they are. You know, he's not calling everybody into North Highland, but what he is calling is in our areas of influence, obedience. That's right. In areas uh, where we have the ability to proclaim that gospel. And instead of seeing something that is catastrophic, unfixable, to trust that God will willingly use us to speak life once again into them. God may not be calling people to North Island, but I am. (laughs) (laughs) Emily's like, back around 6th Avenue, everyone. (laughs) Let's circle back. (laughs) If you who are listening have never heard about Truth Spring Academy or the Highland Community Church, I invite you to look them up their website is, Carrie, one more time, and we'll put this in our show notes, yes, too. Yes, hopeforhighland.org for the church, and then truthspring.org for truthspring. Thank you for joining us today, and Emily, thank you for continuing to put up with me. <laughs> no, I did not know what you were going to say. <laughs> that could have gone either way. could have gone either way. <laughs> I was obedient. <laughs> We're so glad that that you have uh, have joined us. Know that uh, our prayer is that God would continue to put you in places where his Holy Spirit will shine in God's grace, not just glimpses like flood in his steadfast love and his mercy, and that he calls you to be a part of this bigger kingdom that is not ours, not ours to control. Not ours to determine, but ours to just obey and participate. May God hold you in the palm of his hand. God bless.